Welcome back to the Walk the Word podcast with me, Pastor James, coming out of Sar Fellowship in the Kingdom of Bahrain. We're working through Genesis one chapter a week, and today we get to Genesis 33, where this story of Jacob reuniting with his brother Esau continues. If you've not read Genesis 33 in the recent past, do go ahead, press pause, read it, and then we'll come back together as we seek to know and grow in God's Word. So Genesis 33 begins, And Jacob lifted up his eyes and looked, and behold, Esau was coming, and four hundred men with him. So he divided the children among Leah and Rachel and the two female servants. And he put the servants with their children in front, then Leah with her children, and Rachel and Joseph last of all. So he's still a little bit worried that uh, Esau was coming with intent to harm him after these 20 years of being apart. And remember, his, his mum had said, Look, I'll call for you when... Esau has kind of calmed down and the danger has died down, but she'd not called for him. So in Jacob's mind, he's been somewhat obedient so far in the call to return, but he's not actually heard that Esau has forgiven him yet. So he's still a little bit worried. And he puts these children, he puts all his children and his people and all this stuff in, in orders and he keeps Rachel and Joseph right at the back. And we've established in recent weeks that that seems to be his favorite wife and favorite son. And then we read a bit of a change in verse 3. It says, he himself went on before them. So he's gone to the front for a change, bowing himself to the ground seven times until he came near to his brother. Now he sent him all this stuff ahead as a bit of a display that, look, I don't need or want anything for from you. And now he comes and bows to bows himself to the ground seven times, showing him, look, that I've got nothing against you. I uh, bear you no ill will. And basically, look, I am no threat to you. And then in verse uh, four, he gets this overwhelmingly positive welcome. We read that Esau ran to meet him, embraced him, and fell on his neck, kissed him, and they wept. And it's just this wonderful, you know, hallmark image of two brothers separated for 20 years. And here's this wonderful reunion. And then verses 5 and 6 and 7 is basically Jacob introducing his family to Esau, you know, like, who are all these people? And Jacob says, these are the children whom God has graciously given your servant. And he introduces them, children of the servants, uh, children of Leah, and then, uh, and last, Joseph and Rachel drew near, and they all bowed down, basically showing, like, look, Esau, we don't want any trouble. We mean you no harm. We've got no hostility towards you. Um, you know, look. Here we are, basically. And then Esau says in verse 8, Look, uh, what do you mean by all this company that I met? Basically, why have you sent me all these gifts? Jacob said, To find favor in the sight of my Lord. And Esau says, Look, now I've got enough. Keep what you have for yourself. And Jacob says, uh, You know, look, if I've found favor in your sight, accept these presents, because basically I've got enough too. And uh, so I read recently that you would never accept a gift from an enemy. So it was very important for Jacob to have his gift accepted. It was almost proof that, you know, in, in giving Esau all this stuff, uh, he has no ill will towards Esau. And in Esau accepting the gift, uh, he is he's basically offering forgiveness. It's, it's a very simple way to show, yes, I, I forgive you. So that's simply what 
It's very important that the gift is given, but also that the gift is accepted. And it kind of rings true to the principle of 1 Timothy 6, 16, where godliness and contentment uh, is great gain. So the, you know, there's a lot of stuff on the table here, so to speak, but yet Esau says, look, uh, I just don't need it. I've got enough. Keep what you've got for yourself. And Jacob says, you know, look, no, please. God has been really gracious to me. Please take this. And he says in verse 12, I have enough. And then we read that uh, thus he urged him and he took it. So it's really important that the gift was accepted. It's a very obvious and outward demonstration um, that I do forgive you. And this is, you know, the tension and the uh, the strife between us is, is gone. And, you know, let's, we're moving past that. And then in verse 12, we see that they're reconciled. Uh, but they're not cohabiting yet. So the forgiveness has come, which is great. And as, you know, as modern-day believers, you and I are called to forgive the unforgivable in people as, as God in Christ forgave the unforgivable in us. But then we see here that look, you can forgive people, but you don't have to go straight back to being absolute best friends and trusting somebody implicitly. It's very important that we forgive and we don't carry resentment around with us and chips on our shoulders and stuff like that. But we see that there's forgiveness and there's reconciliation, but we don't go back immediately to kind of living together and being, you know, the best of friends. Because Esau said, look, uh, let us journey on our way, and I will go on ahead of you. Or maybe your Bible says, I will go along with you. And Jacob says, my Lord knows that the children are frail and the nursing flocks and herds are a care to me. If they are driven hard for one day, all my flocks will die. Let my Lord pass on ahead of his servant, and I will lead on slowly at the pace of the livestock that are ahead of me and at the pace of the children until I come to my Lord in Seir, which is apparently south of where they were. And then they go back and forth a little bit, you know, like, leave some people with me. And he said, you know, you don't need people. And so they agreed to meet up later, so to speak. And then we see in verse 16 that Esau returned that day on his way to Seir, Again, uh, apparently to the south of where they were. And then we read in verse 17, But Jacob journeyed to Succoth and built himself a house and made booths for his livestock. Therefore, the name of this place is Succoth, which uh, means booths, another word for booths. And that place was north of where they were. So Jacob is kind of falling back into those age-old habits of his where he seems partially obedient he seems like he's saying the right things but he's not actually coming through on them is he you know look he said uh in the end of verse 14 yeah you go on ahead we'll kind of slowly follow on behind you but we're all going in the same direction to the same destination and then you know Esau takes off and Jacob journeys 180 degrees in the opposite direction and he builds himself a house. And again, so I read recently that as with Abraham and Isaac and Jacob, they were called into this promised land, but you know, to live in tents and to live in temporary dwellings and to, to show very physically their belief in this truth that it were just sojourners and you know, passing through the, the, the land, so to speak. So they live in it, possess it, but ultimately acknowledge that it comes from and belongs to the Lord. So for Jacob to build, uh, we read that he built himself a house and he built booths for his livestock, which is a more permanent structure than a tent. 
again is Jacob with this partial obedience thing. And, you know, at the end of this chapter, it's quite a short chapter. At the end of this chapter, verse 20, he builds an altar and uh, he gives it a name which means, you know, God, God of Israel, which is great. But the partial obedience is, is still letting him down, isn't it? Building altars and, and, and honoring God is, is, is great, but obedience is better. You know, think about the words of Jesus that said, you know, you'll see who loves me, you know, you'll be able to tell who loves me, who's a follower as a, as a, a Christian, because they obey my commands. You know, Jesus said in John 14, verse 15, if you love me, you will keep my commands, commandments. And yeah, Jacob is just, he's not quite there, is he? You know, he says the right things, but then he does something different. And then he builds an altar, honors the Lord, but he's still being partially obedient. And we see again and again and again in Scripture that it's obedience from the heart that is more important than the stuff, than the altars and the houses and the, the words. You know, I think about passages like in the book of James where it says, look, you know, you can claim to have faith and show me your faith with your words. You know, that's great, but I'm going to show you my faith by what I do. And there's always going to be some fruit in your life if you're claiming the root of faith. Because the fruit comes from the root. And if there's no fruit, generally there's no root. So Jacob, it's difficult and we shouldn't judge, but it, it appears like he's saying the right things. But he's kind of doing his own thing. He's partially obedient, partially disobedient. And it's just, you know, he's so close. He's been given such a wonderful opportunity and yet he's not quite there, is he? So Genesis 33 is quite a short chapter. It's only 20 verses, and we see Jacob reuniting with Esau. We see uh, forgiveness. We see reconciliation. We see godliness and contentment is a great thing. You know, they both say, look, I have enough. We see that they're reconciled, but they're not as close and as tight-knit before. And do you know what? That's all right if we're forgiven and we're not carrying that festering kind of uh, rotting you know, anger with somebody and, and, and resentment, forgiveness is so important. And again, being a believer means that we, I think it was C.S. Lewis who said that being a believer, being a Christian means forgiving the unforgivable in others as God in Christ has done the same for you. So there's forgiveness here. And again, with Jacob, we've said it a few times that he's so close, but yet he's so far away because he's partially obedient, partially doing his own thing. And as we'll see, it, it just doesn't work out for him particularly well. So next time then, uh, we'll get into Genesis 34. But until then, God bless. <laughs>